You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. My guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan is Shin Tai Wu, a member of the Taiwan State Building Party. We talked about how and why she went from being a cardiovascular surgeon to joining the Taiwan State Building Party and becoming a politician, the background and goals of the Taiwan State Building Party, and how the party was instrumental in the recall of Han Guoyu as the mayor of Kaohsiung after he ran as the Kuomintang presidential candidate in Taiwan's 2020 presidential election. Shin Tai-wu is running for Taiwan's legislator on January 13th, the same day as Taiwan's presidential election in 2024. So we talked about the issues she cares about and her thoughts on the presidential hopefuls. Welcome to the podcast, Shin Tai. Hi, thank you, Zorisha. Hi, everyone. So great to finally have you on here. I remember meeting you in July and we talked about having you on the show. Since a lot of my listeners may not be familiar with you, I thought we could talk a little bit about your background at first. So can you tell me about your background? Where did you grow up? What your child was like? I know you were not always a politician or someone in the political circle, so maybe if you could share a little bit about your background first. I wasn't caring much about the political issues in my childhood, in my young age, and I'm a I'm the youngest child in my family, and uh, I grew up in Taoyuan. And as the youngest child, I have a lot of older brothers and sisters and cousins above me. So I was somewhat maybe careless about the public issues. Yeah, and I was trained to. I grew up and have a. Uh, became a doctor and trained to be a cardiovascular surgeon. So I was working as a cardiovascular surgeon. But when I have my two kids have a family, and I started to hear much more about our country and all the China issues and public issues. So I became more and more political in a sense. Yes, and I joined the... Taiwan State Building Party, when the impeachment of Han Guoyu, the Kaohsiung mayor, yeah, and I saw a lot of young people from the Taiwan State Building Party that uh, running the petition. And um, guys know that Kaohsiung is very hot and the sun is very, very burning. And all those young people were standing by the road and having the sun get them tan and Red, and I was very touched by all those people. Shin Tai Wu is referring to the unprecedented recall of Han Guoyu as the mayor of Kaohsiung in 2020. It was a first in Taiwan's democratic history. I started to advocate more and more about those political issues, and I ran for the non-district legislator in 2020, yeah, before four years ago. And it was since then that I became more aware what I can do as a politician and what we can do as to improve our society with all those, not only China issue, but maybe medical issue because I'm a doctor and some gender issue and I have become more and more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, so and I also ran for the senator against the city senator last year in Nehunangang, Taipei. And that was my first regional election. And I was more one on one, more close to people than the twenty twenty election. So that was when I realized that if I transfer from a surgeon to a politician, then I can do more about the things, the issues I care about. And that is why I'm running for the legislature this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the time um, 
2019. Um, I'm just curious. Can you be a little bit more specific? Because you said that there were some things about the Taiwan-China issue and certain things that were happening that made you care about politics. Could you elaborate a little bit more? Is there something specific that happened or that influenced you to... Because that's quite different to go from medicine to being active in politics, right? Huh? That was the year I have finally finished my training for a cardiovascular surgeon. And the training was very hard. And I was finally be able to be having more mean time and are having more time to care about our environment and our country. And that was the time when the anti-extradition movements in Hong Kong happened. And I was watching all the news from Hong Kong and the news from Taiwan. Some, some of our media are saying that the young people in Hong Kong is, that they are violent and they are Oh. non-obedience to the government. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but, but some of the social media that from the young people in Hong Kong are saying that the government is really brutal and not allowing them to express their stance. So I was like, wow, those young people are like 15, 16. And I wonder what their parents are thinking. <laughs> and I wonder what their parents are even regretful about they didn't do anything 10 years ago. And that was the time I had my second child, my son, and he was like one year old. Mm-hmm. And they moved him up. I, I need to be with him when he was asleep. Mm-hmm. So I was one hand cuddling him and one hand watching the news on my wow. phone. Mm-hmm. And that keep me thinking, what can I do to prevent maybe 10 years later my child will suffer from that kind of movement. Mm. Right. I think a lot of people in Taiwan can relate to that because they can't help but think when they see what's happening in Hong Kong and then what would China's attitude be to Taiwan if for some reason if the Taiwanese people uh, did choose to Unify with China or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, and that was the time when Han Guoyu is running for president, and mm. he was talking about the peace agreement. Mm. And that was the time. So I think, wow, how can everyone in Taiwan didn't see what was going on? Mm-hmm. And I was very shocked because I didn't care much about the pol- politics in my years. But when I open my eyes and see all the news and what was going on in the world. I was very shocked mm-hmm. and scared. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I had to do something to prevent that kind of future for mm-hmm. my team. Han Guoyu was the Kuang Dong presidential candidate in Taiwan's 2020 presidential election. Yes, that's the same Han Guoyu that Xin Taiwu mentioned earlier that was recalled as the mayor of Kaohsiung. His name will come up a few more times in this interview. To go back a little bit, do you know how the Taiwan State Building Party got started and how it got formed? The Taiwan State Building is founded by a bunch of scholars uh, studying in Europe. Yeah, they they were Taiwanese, but they studied abroad in Europe, in France and in, I think, a lot of countries. And... When I see the, uh, in, I think, 2003, maybe the year that uh, our government is using Chinese Taipei to join the WHO. Mm-hmm. And they thought, no, that cannot be okay. Mm-hmm. So they decided that they had to do something. So they came back and they, originally they were planning to change the perspective for Taiwanese by being a teacher and maybe going to the universities to teach. Mm-hmm. But they thought he was too slow because Ma Zhou was running for the president and a lot have changed during the eight years of his presidency. Mm-hmm. So they decided they have to 
found the political party to uh, be more aggressive in a nature and to advocate more about our Taiwan independence. And it was before the Sunflower Movement. So we are founded before the Sudai Li Liang. But we didn't use the name of Taiwan State Building Party. We have another name and we have uh, used the Taiwan State Building Party in the year of, I think, 2016 as a political party. So before that, we were, he was not registered as a political party or is under a different name? Or Yeah, we, we use the name of radical wings, but I know the word radical is like, I, I thought the word radical is good meaning in Europe, but not good in America, right? Yeah, it's like you know, the interpretation, there's a connotation, sure, yeah. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so because we didn't have our people from America, so sure. <laughs> they found like, oh no, <laughs> they changed our name into Taiwan State Building Party in 2019. Uh, because said, we're not radical. So when did you get involved with the Taiwan State Building Party? You said that you got involved around the time that there was a campaign to impeach Hong Kong. You is that right? Yeah, I joined the party when you Can you talk about that also for our listeners so that they know what was going on and why he was being impeached? Notice Hank when he opened my eyes for political wise because yeah. I was being a doctor and yeah. you, you know the operations in cardiovascular surgeries are like 10, 20 hours per mm. surgery. So oh my goodness. I really didn't have that kind of time to sure. watch the news mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. but when me and my husband decided to live in Kaohsiung mm-hmm. and we bought our first house mm-hmm. before Han Guoyu was elected okay like three three months before and I really can see the difference really the yeah yeah the we, we had the Qingui light rail just just beneath our our house and okay as soon as he was elected, the construction went froze. It didn't really? proceed at all. Yes, and um, we have a lot of shows and um, performance in Kaohsiung because our Kaohsiung government is really focused on the culture. art and mm-hmm. culture. Yes, but as soon as Han Guoyu was elected, all of that was gone. Really? And he, yes, yes, and he put the ROC flag everywhere, uh-huh. like literally everywhere. Huh. Yeah, he asked the uh, school guards to put on the flags every morning and oh, wow. take them back every afternoon. So wow. when you driving on the road of Kaohsiung, you can see the ROC flags everywhere. And hmm. the society was very, very... Conflict? Was there a conflict? There's yes. a lot more conflict. There are a lot of conflicts here. Yes, yes. And I was like, how how does that happen? Because uh, when I noticed Han Guoyu, I didn't even know about DPP and Guomin. And I started to watch a lot of news, the pro Guomin media and pro DPP mm-hmm. media. I watched all of them, but mm-hmm. the news didn't match and they don't have a really most logic that can convince me. Mm. So that was when I noticed that Taiwan State Building Party, that their fan page have a lot of articles that talk about the how how can I say in English? Ah, the the trade war. Yes, the the Taiwan State Building Building Party is talking about the China-America trade war long before the social media have talked about that. So I think they analyzed how is Han Guoyu will go up and what's the bad Chinese influence. And I was like, wow, it really makes sense because all of the media has been infiltrated by Chinese. And, uh, and that was when I can rationalize all the chaos around me. 
It's also very interesting because Kaohsiung in the South traditionally has been more green and more DPP leaning. And then so for him to go around putting the ROC flag and really enforcing that and whatever, I can see how even just that alone may have fanned some flames of conflict, you know, because if people are not really having that political affiliation, right, there can be some disagreement. The mayor of Kaohsiung had been DPP for about 20 years. Han Guoyu was the first KMT mayor to be elected in Kaohsiung in two decades. The last KMT mayor was Wu Deng Yi in 1998. That is, that is also the key point when I think there's a need for Taiwan to have a political party that is like Taiwan State Building Party because I think the norm of democratic countries that they always want something new. If the government has been ruined by one political party for too long, then everyone will like, maybe we can change for someone else. And mm-hmm. that kind of thought leads us to Haiguoli. And that was detrimental. So I think it is our needs to have another Taiwan-bound party that is very loyal to Taiwan. Yeah, so that is why I've joined Taiwan State mm-hmm. Building Party. So let's continue talking about how did it get to the point that Hong Kuo-yu was impeached from being the mayor of Kaohsiung? Yeah. Um, I think it was because of the internet tradition movements and also the peace agreement proposed by Hong Kuo-yu and the uh, it was when he has most media focused on him. So every day he would like talking something that can drive Kaohsiung crazy and more people will come and sign the petitions. So I think the impeachment wouldn't success if Han Guoyu is like less news or maybe the media is not focusing on him. Xin Tai Wu explained the background leading up to the historic recall of Han Guoyu, who was elected mayor of the city of Kaohsiung in 2018. Yeah, uh, I think his election for Kaohsiung mayor is like maybe half a year, so it was very short. And when he was elected, many people asked him, will you run for president because he, have, he has a nationwide famous but he was always talking that I will stay for mayor. I, I won't run for president at first. And then he was like, oh, maybe I run for president if they really need one. And all of the hands was like, oh, run for president. So he was like, oh, he was pushed to the, to the place where he can run for president. So I think maybe most of the Kaohsiung People that signed his petition, maybe they are not sensitive about China-Taiwan issue, but they are not okay with Han Guoyu running for president after he was just elected for Kaohsiung mayor. Yeah, and he was really not a good mayor because he, he is not a very, I mean, he's lazy because when he ran for mayor and when we signed the petition, we have come to a place where Han Guoyu lived and all of his neighbors came out and signed a petition because his neighbors told us that they saw Han Guoyu wake up every day in the almost at noon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he slept late and he was out and had fun till very late and came back mm. and all of his neighbors have noticed that. So uh, how long was he mayor and then he ran for President. Oh, less than a year. Less than a year. So he was like doing his mayor job for maybe a few months. Right. And then what happened when he ran for president? Yeah, he was like a political star and and he has all the gathering in every cities and all the handful was very crazy about him. Yeah. So he raised really a lot of conflicts in Taiwan and when he talked about, because you, you, you will eventually be asked about your stand for China when you're running for president in Taiwan. And he was talking about the peace agreements 
and he was saying that all the all the people that involved in the anti-extradition movement are routes. <laughs> so that makes a lot of Taiwan young people angry. Yeah, yeah. And he, I, I didn't. I, I don't think he has any policy or maybe useful directions for Taiwan. I, I didn't think he was doing much than just talking about China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just said we cooperate with China that's better economically or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had proposed a bill when he was at the Kaohsiung being a mayor that he wanted to open Kaohsiung for all the Chinese business to come in. He had a proposal that he wants to open Kaohsiung to uh, have all the Chinese goods shipped into Kaohsiung and maybe have a little manufacturing and change the manufacturer place to Taiwan so they can sell to the world and say mm. it was made in Taiwan. Oh. Yeah, and it has, it has been stopped by the DPP. Shintai talked about the results of Taiwan's 2020 presidential election, in which Tsai Ing-wen was a Democratic Progressive Party candidate seeking re-election, and Han Guoyu was a Kuomintang candidate. I think he uh, he finally gets five million votes, and Tsai Ing-wen gets eight one seven million, eight point one seven million votes. So after yeah. Tsai Ing-wen was voted president, then he went back to being the mayor of Kaohsiung. He wanted to went back to being the mayor of Kaohsiung, but, but we didn't take him, so the impeachment have went to the next state. We have, uh, when we do the impeachment movement, we have three states, and we have to have the petition at the stage one, and we have, have more petitions at stage two, and then the the voting started and he got, I think he got maybe, uh, 0.7 million, 0.7 million votes when he was elected to the mayor. But then he gets 0.9 million votes when the impeachment. Okay. So a lot of people, maybe at least 0.2 million people that's Voting to be the Kaohsiung mayor have regretted and vote for his, his impeachment. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. And so, um, what was it like for you to switch from like, not just a medical doctor, but like a cardiovascular surgeon to being someone who's a politician? What, what's that been like? I think I have done the two most busy job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Very demanding. I'm, yeah, I'm not just a candidate. I'm a candidate for a small political party. <laughs> so that was like a lot, a lot of work. work. A lot of work. Yes, yeah. yes. And when I was a cardiovascular surgeon, I, I, I have my training from my teachers and I have my knowledge from the books, the medical journals. So... I, I have confidence about what I can do and I have confidence about what the patient can do. So I'm telling people what they should do and I'm doing my best and I can complete something that is very hard. But when I became a politician, the dynamic reversed. Everyone can tell me what to do and I'm always not very sure that am I doing the right thing. Yeah, but I think... It's very f- fortunate that I'm joining the Taiwan State Building Party because I think our party has a very strong, strong theoretic basis and we're aiming to be the second Taiwan-bound party. So I think a lot of issues when I'm very confused about what I should do and maybe I'm confused about whether it's going to succeed or not, I can come back and talk about my peer in the political party and I will gain more confidence. Yeah, so can we talk a little bit about that? Can you talk about what are the goals or the like the principles of this Taiwan State Building Party? Like what does it stand for? Mm. We have a very 
very well-known slogan. That is, 国民党不倒，台湾不会好。That means Taiwan will not prosper until 国民党的 Chinese Nationalist Party falls. Yeah, because we think、um, Taiwan now is two-party system. That smaller parties really it's very hard for smaller parties to rise. But when the two-party system have one party that is not loyal to Taiwan, that is loyal to China, a country that is always trying to invade us, that will make the political economy, political system in Taiwan very torturous and sapped. So the one really big goal for Taiwan's Building Party is that we don't think that Kuomintang has a right to. Be chosen in Taiwan. That is our first goal. So we're trying to be a better opposition party in Taiwan for people to see that because the、uh, Kuomintang is now man- ma- manipulating all of the issues in Taiwan that is not based on professional opinions. That is based only purely on political manipulation. Such as the vaccination when COVID pandemic, and such as the do you know the egg issue, Brazilian egg issue in Taiwan? Yeah, yeah but you can was, explain it if you like. I know it's a little bit complex, but if you want, you can explain it because my listeners might not know. Ah,、uh, uh, there was a a issue that ah, 禽流感 the bird flu is worldwide and. Uh, when Taiwan is hit by the bird flu, we have lowered the production of eggs in Taiwan. So the government has imported imported Brazilian eggs to 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 compensate the market need. Right, because But, they have to cull a lot of the local poultry, right? Because they were afraid that it could have the disease. So then there was not so much domestic egg production. So then they had to import eggs, right? Yes, yes, but Kuomintang, Kuomintang legislators have raised the topic into maybe they have corrupted government are involving in the import of the、mm-hmm. Brazilian eggs,、mm-hmm. but they didn't have any proof. They didn't have any proof after like one year of accusing the government.、Mm-hmm. They accused using the press conference and the media reports and maybe some. Facebook fan pages that accusing the governments for ha- taking money from the importation of Brazilian eggs, but they have forced our、uh, minister of agriculture to resign、hmm. for nothing.、Hmm. And, and after the our minister resigned, they didn't have any proof, and the egg price was lowering after he resigned.、Hmm. Yeah, so that thing has happened a lot in Taiwan,、mm-hmm. not just the egg, and also the vaccination in pandemic in Taiwan. So, I'm we are trying to establish a more, more better quality, better quality opposition party model in Taiwan. Yes. Yeah. That never. That was our first goal. Okay. And our second goal, our final goal, is to is establish、um, a Taiwan nation that is free from the shadow of Republic of China. Yeah. And now for a short break, Talking Taiwan is getting ready to take the show on the road back to Taiwan in January to cover Taiwan's presidential election and to interview some special guests while we're there. We're calling it the Talking Taiwan Election Tour. We plan to work with seasoned political commentator Courtney Donovan Smith in Taichung. Courtney is a Taiwan News columnist, and you may have seen him appear on Taiwan Plus News discussing developments in Taiwan's upcoming presidential election. Talking Taiwan is the longest-running Taiwan-related podcast and currently the only independently produced Taiwanese-American English-language podcast in the world that covers political news related to Taiwan. To produce the Talking Taiwan election tour, we're going to have to do some fundraising, and you can help us get this show on the road by making a contribution to our GoFundMe campaign. 
or at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. Any contributions right now will be doubled because we have a matching donor pledge for the first $5,000 we raise, which will be doubled to $10,000. We thank you for your support. You make what we do possible. Now, back to the episode. That, the second one, that's like a pretty major undertaking because it involves a lot of things, right? Like the Constitution yes. and the identity of the nation. That could be a whole other podcast episode itself. I wow. Think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But because our political party is state building, but uh, the word state is the system for our country. And the word nation is for the people that are identity. And I think the people in Taiwan, our identity is not very compatible with our nations, uh, with our state system. Because a lot of us think that we are Taiwanese, but our state is actually Republic of China. And that incompatibility will show the leak for many things. Like I went to Geneva in May mm-hmm. and I, I went there because we want to join the WHO to advocate Taiwan to join WHO because they have the WHO parade in May, right? And uh, when we go there, China has had a statement that they think the United Nations General Assembly Resolution 2758. The China has a statement that they think the resolution is about Taiwan is a part of China. But actually, it wasn't about Taiwan as a part of China. It was just about the uh, representability of China, right? Yeah, that the CCP is the government of China, but not the ROC government. What Xin Tai Wu is referring to is how the People's Republic of China, the PRC, is trying to interpret UN Resolution 2758 as based on its One China principle and as a determination that Taiwan is a part of the PRC. The resolution was adopted in 1971 and only addresses UN representation of China. The People's Republic of China, the PRC, was recognized as the only lawful representative of China. The People's Republic of China, PRC, replaced the Republic of China, ROC, as a permanent member of the Security Council in the United Nations. The resolution does not touch upon the sovereignty of Taiwan, In fact, the word Taiwan and the Republic of China are not even mentioned in the resolution. So we went there and we found that it was really hard to explain that Taiwan is an independent country when we are called Republic of China. So I think our nation identity and our state system is not compatible. That is leading us to a lot of issues, whether nationwide or in our country. Yes, so I think Taiwan State Building Party is trying to um, raise people's awareness about this issue when every little news happens. Right. Yeah. So are these things that the Taiwan State, like, for example, is one of the things that the Taiwan State Building Party trying to do is to work on name rectification because I know in over several periods of time there have been a lot of different campaigns calling for the rectification of the name of the country. As you mentioned, officially it is Republic of China, but maybe that's confusing and that should be revised or revisited somehow. Is this one of the things that the Taiwan State Pilling Party is advocating for? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that is one of our education. But I think as a political party, we should be more practical. So we have to like observe, observe the Taiwan society focus 
I think the current focus is about China issue, but not about the ROC issue. So this year, our political party is more about drafting bills that are against China invasion. Okay. Yeah. So actually, we draft a bill that is uh, somewhat like the FARA, like the FARA Act in America that can block the China invasion through the social media from the act. Uh, we just call it the FARA Act. The FARA Act that Shintai is referring to is the Foreign Agents Registration Act. We want the government okay. to okay. maybe put the social media that money influence more transparent for the Taiwanese to evaluate whether the media is is trustworthy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier that when you decide to get into politics and to get involved with the state, Taiwan State Building Party, that by being active in politics and being a politician, you could address the issues that you care about. So can you tell me what do you, what are the issues that you personally care about and that you're telling people that you are going to advocate for because you're running for the legislator in the election that is happening in the same day as the presidential election on January 13th, right? Yeah, I think uh, I have proposed in also an act that is drafted by our political party that is called the, the Crime Identification Technology Act because our political party have found that many of the fraud syndicates that is happening in Taiwan that uh, is scaring a lot of people, especially the elderly people, that they will receive the calls from oh, the scams, the yeah. fraud. Yeah, the scams, yeah. And we have uh, found that all the scams that are coming from the company that have many China influence behind the companies because uh, they will have know-how and they will have the people that can provide the illicit financial channels that can uh, facilitate the fraud to, to come in. And so we have proposed a bill and we want to solve the, this issue because I think this issue is every every Taiwanese care about whether it's China issue or not. But also we can address the China issue by running this bill because this year we have found that the CCP is trying to interfere with our Taiwan election by so many ways that are new and and is changing to me. It's very hard to to stop that one way is that the CCP are cooperating with our, our with Taiwan's fraud companies, their fraud syndicates, mm-hmm. because they have the people that are willing to commit mm-hmm. crime for mm-hmm. money, and they have the financial flow channels, and they have our residential registration data, mm-hmm. so they can interfere with the Taiwan election by using all those data to maybe manipulate our the polls yes they can manipulate our polls Mm -hmm. to maybe manipulate whether it's Mm -hmm. because previously we were talking about the KMTR cooperating with the TMD the 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 white now right Yes, yeah, the whites, <laughs> yes. So they're, when, uh, during their negotiation, they are talking a lot about using the poll to determine who's the presidential yes. candidate. Yes, but I think the poll are really very easy to manipulate, manipulate mm-hmm. right? What Shin Tai Lu is referring to with the polls is how a possible opposition alliance between the Kuomintang and Taiwan People's Party in Taiwan's upcoming 2024 presidential election would have used polls to determine who would be the presidential candidate. 
the Kuomintang's candidate Ho Yi or the Taiwan People Party's candidate Ko Wenzhe. And if the and if the technology investigation bill can can go through, then we can maybe not just investigate the bad Chinese money from all those social media. We can also investigate because we have a lot of KMT legislators that have too much money for to running their election. Yeah, where is that money no, coming from? Uh, there, you mean? Yes, yes, the the yes, the money is like maybe over over a hundred million dollars for them to use. And this is Taiwanese new Taiwanese dollars from. and new Taiwanese dollars. Yeah, and yes, new Taiwanese yeah. dollars. So you're like, where where is the the money that's backing these politicians' campaigns coming from? So maybe you can investigate yes. that too. Okay. And what other issues do you care about or are you going to work on if you're elected? Oh, because I'm a doctor and I have founded a doctor's mm-hmm. union, labor union, two years ago. And if I'm elected, I would like to uh, change the dynamic of our healthcare system because we all know that Taiwan's healthcare system is very very good, mm-hmm. but it was based on the medical staff labor <laughs> very mm-hmm. hard. So I think there are some key points that we can change to improve the quality of our work. So maybe improve the quality of our medical care. Yeah, that's interesting because Taiwan is known for having a very good universal health care and very affordable but I, I have also heard that, and it may or may not be because of the pandemic, but perhaps exacerbated by the pandemic, that it was very hard on other healthcare workers, not just in Taiwan, but I think this is something that's happened all around the world. And so a lot of people in the healthcare profession may have left and there's a shortage or it's getting difficult. And then Taiwan's population is aging, so perhaps there needs to be some reform where people need to look at what the conditions are for people in healthcare as well. Is that something that you, yeah. is that related to what you're talking about? Yes, yes. Uh, we have a medical expense only 6% in our GPT, and that number is really, really low because they I think it was 15% in England mm-hmm. and 7% in Japan. Yeah, so I think the medical expense needs to raise up in Taiwan. And the, What does that mean by medical expense? You mean in terms of what the government medical. is spending? Or what, what do you mean? What does this medical expense refer to? Medical expense means the government and all of the people are spending money okay. used in the medical okay. system, mm-hmm. not just the government. Yeah, and uh, let me put up a number. The number of patients that are cared by one nurse in Taiwan is maybe two times than the number of patients that are cared by one nurse in America. Really? Why is that? We have... Yeah, has it yeah, always been like that, or it's been hard, or this? It always really? been like that. Okay, it, it was always been like that. So the nurse in Taiwan is working yeah, very yeah. hard, and uh, like forty percent of them have left the nursing industry wow. because of the labor work. Yeah, so we have facing a really serious problem mm-hmm. that we don't have enough mm-hmm. nurse to care about mm-hmm. our patients. Yes, yeah, so the. The key treatment for this problem is to is to improve the quality of work for the nursing right, the work conditions, industry. Yeah. That, yes, yes. Or I don't know. Maybe there needs to be more labor imported or more training. Or <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm also very curious to know. 
you know, choosing this kind of a path, and and it does seem to me, being a doctor and what you're doing now, you alluded to the fact of, I think, you have a heart that you want to do something for society. Where do you think that comes from? Where do these values come from? Did this come from your upbringing, from your family, from a teacher, from a role model? Or like, where do you get these values or this sense that you need to do something for society? I think, I think it's a combination. It's a combination of me being a mother because almost passion for politics is after when I gave birth to my two mm-hmm. kids. And me and my husband, we're both doctors, but we think it's impossible for two doctors to care about their next generation by only being a doctor because we can only care about their mm-hmm. health. And we have to stand out and do more for the society to make this place a better place for our, our children to grow up. Yeah, that that was one reason. And maybe the second reason is because I'm a Christian. So my faith has let, let me believe that always assume people are good. So I think politics is very interesting because... Uh, all the communication that has to build on mutual trust, not hate or or conflicts. So I think it is really important to be a politician and have faith in people. And the third part is that because I was a cardiovascular surgeon and I have seen really so many people lost their lives and leave their family and children, but regretting what they didn't do or what they did in their lives. So for me, it's not about money or fame in my life. For me, it's more about people connection and what I truly believe and what I can do and live in my life yeah yeah thank you for sharing that yeah I, I, I saw your question and have uh, looked up the English translation <laughs> because um, I really like Hannah Arendt and uh, in her book he was defining people as labor work and action that the everyday life when you do your Maybe family course and uh, cooking or something like that is called labor. And what you do for a living is work. But what you do to contribute to your community, I think that's called action. And for me, joining Taiwan State Building Party, I think it's a very important action for Taiwan. Mm. The only being, the pure existence of Taiwan State Building Party I think it's the it's the meaning of the next decades for Taiwan's political mm. era. What are some of the things that the Taiwan Straight Building Party has achieved so far? Oh, we we have we have attributed to the impeachment mm-hmm. of Han Guo without even have a seat in the Congress. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty yeah. amazing part. And we have drafted the bill for the, like the American FARA Act. What I'm talking about was the Foreign Influence Transparency Scheme Act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think that act, that act is our political party's legacy. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, from the past like five years, uh, Taiwan State Building Party have take part in Almost every time when Chinese invasion events happens. Yeah, we have went to the airports to protest when Ma Yingzhou went to China to see Xi Jinping. In March, uh, March, April, when he did that, yeah. Because he did that yes, around the yes, same time, we, that time when he was visiting, transiting through the U.S. to Central America. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, yes. One point of clarification about what Shintai said about Ma Yingzhou going to meet Xi Jinping in China. Ma may have been hoping that would happen in March, but there was no meeting between the two at the time, and some question what Ma's visit to China accomplished. And we were the only political party that went there, so to protest. Ma and we, we have, yeah, of course. And we have went to the airport to welcome Pelosi when she came to Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. And we were also the only political party that is welcoming Pelosi because all of other NGO or political parties are went there to 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 say ugly America. Oh, oh!、Huh. Did you know that? No, no. I was because I I don't I、oh. wasn't in Taiwan. I wasn't aware of like the nuance. A lot of the coverage seemed to be favorable because there was it wasn't the one o type in one o one or different things lit up to say welcome to Pelosi or something like that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the、uh, do you know the Unification Promotion Party? They were pr- promoting the unification of Taiwan、mm-hmm. and China, and that was a very aggressive、mm-hmm. political party、mm-hmm. in Taiwan. They were having. Protests in Taipei almost like every week. When Pelosi was visiting, have, or in general, when were they doing the protests? In in、oh. general, in general,、oh. in general, and they went to the airport when Pelosi came, and they would have all those flags about ugly America. Go back to China. Go back to、mm. America. We don't、mm. need you.、Mm. Something like that, and they they hacked into our the Seven Eleven stores. LED、mm-hmm. screens and the screens were showing ugly America、oh. and sorts things、wow. like that. Yeah, so so I think China has launched a series of protests in Taiwan. Yeah, so we were the only opposing party welcoming yeah, Pelosi. Shintar、yeah. is referring to Nancy Pelosi, who was the U.S. Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. And how her visit to Taiwan in August of 2022 caused a stir and forceful reactions and actions by China. Really interesting, because I'm going to be interviewing somebody about a lot of the disinformation that's happening and how that is going to impact the upcoming presidential election. I'm sure you have some observations and some opinions with the upcoming presidential election coming up in January. Do you want to share some thoughts about the different candidates? Because it's actually very interesting that we're talking right now because just last Friday it was finally announced who the candidates for each party are going to be and who is actually formally registered. Because at one time we thought that maybe. Terry Gould from Foxconn was going to try to run for president and actually、uh, register, but he ended up not registering. And now we have Guomindang TPP and DPP. Would you like to share some observations or thoughts on these presidential candidates and vice presidential running mates? Because you know the the two candidates are doctors, so. I've been asked that a lot <laughs> when I go to <laughs> political shows. First, I will talk about Terry Gould because we have an assumption that Terry Gould. We were just assuming that he won't running for the election at fine at last because we think he was just going out、uh, stand up for the for the business for his company and maybe he hasn't. Originally, they think he's very pro-China, right? But actually, we think the actual backhand from Terry Guo is America, because because yeah, because when he was running for the candidates, that the it was at Lai's interest, yeah, because he was taking all those blue votes. Oh, so you think that. If Terry Gould is in the race, maybe he would take some votes away from the Blues.、So、that would be actually good for DPP. That's interesting. Yes, yes, that was what we thought. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't persist. And about Cohen, Cohen is a. He was not a cardiovascular surgeon. 
because he was talking like he was、mm. to many press.、Mm. So many people think he was a cardiovascular, but he was not. He was just a surgeon, and I think he maybe have a zhongzheng. Uh, that means a certification to be in a doctor in the ICUs, intensive care. Yeah, but he didn't has a great good reputation when he was a doctor.、Mm. Yeah, because when he was running for the Taipei mayor, a lot of our doctors friends that are being in Taipei was talking that they want him to be elected so that he will leave Taipei. Because no one likes him.、Oh. That's true. That's true. And、uh, he has a relationship with China. I, I think many people say that he's very pro-China, or maybe he was like have a good、uh, co cooperation with China. But yeah, I think he was purely opportunistic because when he was with the DPP. He can get more benefits from the DPP, so he was looking like a DPP candidate. And now, when he can get his resources from China or get his resources from the KMT, then he was looking like he was a KMT candidate. I think he he was just very opportunistic. Yeah, but that was very dangerous because when in Taiwan, a politician is opportunistic. He was very easy to be infiltrated by the Chinese invasion. Then you were talking about Hou Youli. Yeah, I'm talking about Hou Youli. Hou Youli, I think Hou Youli is the first presidential candidate that coming from KMT that is not a Westerner, the descendant of the Chinese, made a lot of a lot of issues about his identity. Yeah, because he when he speak Chinese, he was not very, Zheng Qiangyuan. He cannot speak good Chinese. Like his accent or something is not. Yeah, and the. Yeah, yeah, he he has an accent in his Chinese, and I think all of the KMT supporters didn't like that. So, so I think they have、okay. their own issue. <laughs> Yeah, and Lan Qingde, Lan Lan Qing, Lan Qingde has previously been known as a 务实的台独工作者 That means he called himself a, a political worker that advocates Taiwan independence, but he's more practical in that sense. So I think when he was、uh, being the presidential presidential candidate for DPP, he was facing a lot of challenges from America. Because they want to, want to, didn't want to change the status quo. Yeah, so I see. I think Lai Qingde has more, more work to do within the Taiwan America relationship. What are some of the challenges that the Taiwan Starting Feeling Party faces? We talked about that a little bit because it's such a small party, and but I'm just wondering. If you could talk about that a little bit, what do you think have been the, the most challenging things for this party? I think the most challenging part is that we have to have five percent votes to to be elected two seats of the non-district legislators. I think that threshold is too high for a small political party, and the rules were made by bigger political parties. So I think that is really not fair. But I think another challenge that Taiwan Sibling Party is facing is that we are really trying very hard to running the election campaign using our ways because in Taiwan you have to spend really a lot of money to be in a candidate that people know. You you can go register, but people won't see you because all of the campaign the. The boards, the press exposure that takes money. So I think the 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 really big challenge for us is here. But we are really ins- insisting to running the election in our way because I think if if we have to、uh, being elected by spending a lot of money, then 
when we go to the Congress, we have to serve for the money, serve for the people who gave us the money and cannot serve for the people who votes us. So I think the next generation political party should insist on running the election using not the ridiculously amount Yeah, of that's a really big challenge in a lot of countries. So I want to thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much for being on Talking Taiwan podcast. Thank you, Felicia, for having me. I've been speaking with Shin Tai Wu, a member of the Taiwan State Building Party. So what are you waiting for? To support the Talking Taiwan election tour, visit TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support or share this episode with a friend. Now it's time for you to show us some love. Rate us on Spotify or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.